So I've been doing this podcast for several years now, and I've repeatedly expressed how pleasantly surprised and thankful I am regarding how polite and civil people have been, generally speaking, when engaging me online. But sometimes the feedback or the commentary isn't so pleasant, and I feel like I've now accumulated enough insults that it merits doing a response to criticism episode. Another one. This is probably the second one in the show's history. So I guess I'll jump right in. First up is a response that someone left yesterday, I think, to the video version of episode 183, in which I offer my analysis of Sam Harris's interview with Omar Aziz. And I should mention that since I first started recording this episode, the person in question and I have smoothed things over. He's even become a subscriber. Before that had happened, I'd recorded what was about a half an hour long rant addressing his criticisms. I didn't resort to personal insults or anything. I just kind of indignantly went on and on refuting his, um, what seemed at the time, claims or accusations. So now that we're friendly, I'll have to scrap that whole thing and start over. Maybe I'll release it as bonus Patreon content. Kidding. So instead of laying into him, I'm just going to good-naturedly read our exchange and comment on it a little as we go. So here we go. And his YouTube handle is Electric Qualia. Qualia? <laughs> I believe Qualia, if I remember correctly, is a philosophical term that refers to a conscious experience, a sense perception, uh, that type of thing. I hope I'm right. Let's not fight over that one now that we're in a good place. <laughs> but he says, agnosticism or atheism does not equal anti-theism. Your video is stupid. <laughs> and yes, he really said that. And so I replied, for some reason, I can't open your linked comment. Perhaps it helps put your comment into perspective. Otherwise, if you're going to post on my channel, please say something more cogent and substantive than, quote-unquote, your video is stupid. And also, in quotes, agnosticism or atheism does not equal anti-theism. I don't recall even suggesting such a thing during the course of this video. I'm personally an agnostic atheist, although I eschew labels. And then I offer a brief definition of agnostic atheism from Wikipedia. Agnostic atheists are atheistic because they do not hold a belief in the existence of any deity, and agnostic because they claim that the existence of a deity is either unknowable in principle or currently unknown in fact. So I have to admit I was quite confused at first. The lion's share of the episode in question was simply me pointing out the flaws in Omar Aziz's criticisms of Sam. I may have, in passing, mentioned that I'm an atheist, or more specifically, an agnostic atheist, but I don't recall ever mentioning anti-theism in that episode. And most of you are probably already familiar with the term, but just in case, an anti-theist is someone who, like one of my personal heroes, the late, great Christopher Hitchens, not only doubts the existence of God, but furthermore, doesn't even want there to be a God. They're antagonistic towards the very concept. I don't personally think of myself as an anti-theist. I might be an anti-theist when it comes to certain concepts of God. I probably wouldn't want the Yahweh of the Bible to actually exist. But I'm not necessarily against the idea of a higher power in general. 
I just doubt that such a thing actually exists. But anyway, Electric Qualia continues, Oh, yes, you did, implying that I touched on the topic of anti-theism. Just because someone is agnostic doesn't mean they have to side with anyone, let alone Sam Harris or any other anti-theist or neo-atheist for that matter. If you're too stupid to get that, please block me. And this part threw me for a loop, too, because I was thinking to myself, when the heck did I ever imply that if you're an agnostic or an atheist, you have to follow Sam Harris? And once I had my kind of light dawns on Marblehead moment, as we like to say in, in these parts, things started to, to come together. But at this point, I was thinking, geez, since the outset of this podcast, I've been promoting independent thought, free thinking, saying how even though I'm a non-believer, I don't even join any atheist organizations myself because I don't want to be tempted into succumbing to groupthink. I'm not the type of person who would ever say that you have to follow someone else. I encourage thinking for yourself. So this, this all seems very bizarre to me. But eventually the puzzle pieces will fall into place. But I replied, there you go resorting to ad hominem slash insults again. You could have been clearer or elaborated the first time. So it boils down to the fact that you're probably a believer and you're pissed I sided with Sam Harris. I side with Sam because I agree with his arguments, not out of some blind allegiance to the label, in quotes I put, atheist. Anti-theism is a very specific topic, and I'm pretty sure I didn't use that phrase, probably should have said term, during this episode. And then I followed up with, if you're referring to when I half-jokingly describe criticizing religion as the MO of atheists, there is some truth to that. I believe most atheists slash agnostics like myself view religions as man-made belief systems, and although there might be some things we like about certain religions, we nevertheless view them skeptically or critically. Can you be an agnostic or an atheist and be friendly towards religion, or not be an anti-theist? Sure you can. It should also be pointed out that being critical of religion doesn't automatically make you an anti-theist. The late Christopher Hitchens, whom I admire, was an anti-theist. I, however, am not. And I think a key factor in why we were kind of talking past each other was that it, it seems we were both employing different definitions or, or uses of the word anti-theism. I was using it in the sense that Hitch used to use it. Hitch didn't even like the idea of God. He used to half-jokingly describe God as a kind of celestial dictator and heaven as akin to some sort of celestial North Korea from which uh, one could never escape. So I was thinking of it as someone who's opposed to the very idea of belief in God. And I think Electra Quelio was using it in the context of someone who is literally anti-theism or anti-religion. Both definitions are actually correct or acceptable. Once I realized that was causing the communication breakdown, the picture started becoming clearer and his arguments began making more sense. Uh, but he, it's kind of funny, he replied, lull, grasping at straws, uh? <laughs> First off, I'm an atheist, but that's irrelevant. So I actually want to apologize on that count. I jumped the gun and presumed he was a believer. 
I think my reasoning was that since he was so combative from the get-go, he must either be a believer with a disdain of atheists in general, or he's some ultra-PC atheist who has it out for Sam Harris and was mad that I sided with Sam against Omer. But in retrospect, I I think he's just someone who legitimately thought that my logic was flawed. But he continues... Second off, you said Omer is an agnostic, so why isn't he supporting Sam Harris? And that seems strange to me at first, too, because I believe it was Omer himself during a clip I played in which he characterizes himself as agnostic. And I may have echoed that. And then adding to my confusion, he continues, Second off, you said Omer is an agnostic, so why isn't he supporting Sam Harris? which implies that agnostic, and I thought he was putting words in my mouth, but it will make sense shortly. So why isn't he supporting Sam Harris? Which implies that agnostics have some duty to support Sam Harris, as if every agnostic or atheist must not just be an anti-theist, but also a supporter of Sam Harris. And then he provides a link to the Wikipedia page on anti-theism, which reads, anti-theism, sometimes anti-theism, is active opposition to theism. The term has had a range of applications. In secular contexts, it typically refers to direct opposition to organized religion or to belief in any deity. While in theistic contexts, it sometimes refers to opposition to a specific god or gods. So as I pointed out earlier, I think both our definitions of anti-theism were correct. We just weren't on the same page, and uh, we were experiencing a kind of communication breakdown. As it turns out, this whole argument stems from the beginning of the episode, where after I play a clip of Omer saying that he's philosophically agnostic but identifies as culturally Muslim, I say in kind of an admittedly snarky way, well, if Omer's an agnostic or non-believer, why doesn't he point his critical finger at religious fundamentalism, specifically Islamic fundamentalism, jihadist, terrorist, textual, literalist, etc., instead of criticizing Sam. So I was kind of trying to say somewhat cheekily, why doesn't Omer criticize fundamentalist Islam instead of criticizing Sam for criticizing fundamentalist Islam? And in fairness, and I pointed this out during that episode, Omer, as frustrating as I do find him, is at least capable, I have to admit, of recognizing extremism. And I think he even wrote an article about jihadism, which Sam himself praised to some degree. And I still stand by that comment somewhat. I think most of us who are atheists or agnostics have come to that worldview because we have a rational or skeptical outlook and we view religions as man-made belief systems. So it always seems weird to me when fellow non-believers, white knight, to put it in internet vernacular, for religion instead of pointing out the flaws, hypocrisy, and the dangers of religion. So that's the crux of it. I was trying to make the point. And that episode, by the way, was off the cuff. It was me spontaneously reacting to that interview Sam did with Omer. Um, So I think I I did a pretty fair job for, you know, an unscripted kind of off the cuff episode. But in that moment, I think I was trying to make the point that logically for me, it would be more in keeping with an atheistic worldview if Omer focused his criticism on religious fundamentalism 
specifically Islamic fundamentalism, instead of criticizing Sam for criticizing Islamic fundamentalism or whatever. But I think Electra Qualia is right, too, that you can be an agnostic or an atheist and not be antagonistic towards religion. You know, you might personally doubt the existence of a higher power and think that religions are man-made, but you might still respect religion as tradition, as cultural identity or something like that. So in that sense, uh, employing the definition of anti-theism that Electric Qualia seemed to be using. Anti-theism meaning someone who's literally against theism, someone who's opposed to organized religion, then yeah, his argument makes sense. He heard me saying that Omer should be with Sam criticizing religion instead of defending religion. And Electric Qualia saw that as flawed. And he was trying to make the point that you can personally be an atheist or an, or an agnostic and have no ill will towards religion. And I actually think that's a very valid point, and I actually agree with that 100%. So in a weird way, I actually think we were both right. I think I was right that, to me, it makes logical sense that if you're someone who's agnostic or atheistic, it would make sense for you to criticize what's troublesome about religion rather than attacking someone else for criticizing religion. And I, th and I think that makes a bit of sense. And Electric Qualia was saying, you don't have to be antagonistic towards religion just because you're an atheist. I, I actually think we're both right. And also to his point, you can have two different people who are both critical of religion, but might not agree with each other's criticisms. Omer might not believe that Islam is literally true. Uh, he might not believe in its supernatural claims. But at the same time, he might not agree with Sam's criticisms of Islam, which obviously he doesn't, because <laughs> he was trying to do some serious Sam Harris bashing. But anyway, so Electric Qualia continued, There, I explained it to you like an eight-year-old. You don't have to use explicit terms like anti-theism. You can just logically imply them. If you still can't get that or at least retract that moronic statement, block me, please. And I replied, Electric Qualia, every comment you've posted has contained factual or logical errors and yet you continue to imply a lack of intellect on my part. And I'll actually take that back, because um, now that I actually know what he was trying to say, he was making a pretty solid argument. We just weren't on the same page. But I continue, First off, it was Omer who described himself as being somewhat agnostic, although culturally Muslim. I know what anti-theist means. It refers to someone who not only doubts the existence of a god, but is opposed to the very belief in a god. My question is, why are you dragging it into this conversation? And there I drop an F-bomb, I'll censor myself. And when, I was getting very frustrated, and when the F did I say that agnostics have a duty to support Sam Harris? I can have a rational, civil conversation with 99% of the people I engage with, yet you're like talking to a brick wall, a belligerent brick wall. And I thought he might go after me for implying that a inanimate object like a brick wall could possess human characteristics like 
belligerence. Um, I continue, every time you post a comment, you punctuate it with an insult and then dare me to block you. Don't you think I might feel some impulse to respond or defend myself? I'll be reading this exchange on the next episode of my podcast. After that, if you still remain uncivil, I will block you with great pleasure. And then I finally had that light dawns on Marblehead moment I alluded to. And it clicked, and I knew exactly what part of the episode he was referring to. It was at the very the very beginning. He just didn't like my suggestion, once again, hopefully I'm not sounding like a broken record, that Omer, if he's an agnostic or atheist technically, should side with Sam, you know, and criticize religion instead of criticizing Sam for criticizing religion. Um, But of course, uh, I'm not saying that anyone has to do anything. I just thought that made a certain kind of logical sense. But as I said, um, his argument that you can technically be atheistic or agnostic and and still have a positive or friendly attitude towards religion, uh, that's absolutely true as well. So I replied to him. Hey, I finally got what you were saying, although it would have been a hell of a lot easier to figure out if you just referenced the specific point in the video and had forgone the insults. You're referencing the part near the beginning where I imply it would make more sense if Omar criticized religious fundamentalism instead of criticizing Sam Harris. I still agree with that, although I could have been less snarky about it. But I think you're also correct when you point out that you can be an agnostic or atheist without being antagonistic towards religion. I'm still including this exchange in an episode I'm currently recording, but peace and no hard feelings. And then he very pleasantly replies, No problemo, I actually was going to watch the video until that remark turned me off. I think trying to be more level-headed, even when you disagree strongly, helps get your point out there. Omer criticized religious fundamentalism instead of criticizing Sam Harris. That's in quotes. Uh, I think he's quoting me. Uh, Well, he did both. I actually listened to like three of the four-hour thing. By the way, I also thought that Omer got a few things wrong. I just thought he did a lot better than people gave him credit. He made really great points that Harris didn't want to directly engage with. Cheers, you earned a new subscriber. So in fairness, he is right that um, despite how absolutely obnoxious I found Omer's attitude towards Sam and... and, um, as distasteful as I found some of his accusations, uh, such as the suggestion that Sam and Majid only wrote their book for money, which he made multiple times, I still have to agree that, yes, he he is able to at least recognize the problem or acknowledge the problem of Islamic extremism. And like I said, he even, to his credit, wrote an article about jihadism, which as I said, Sam himself uh, read and uh, admired or or liked. But I'm glad that ended on a positive note. And this has happened to me a few times. And it's actually a really kind of great feeling, you know, when you're locked in conflict with someone. And at the time, you just, you can't figure the person out. Um, You just think, who is this horrible person? Where did they come from? 
how is it that they can be so thick, you know? And then, and if you're listening, uh, Electric Qualia, I'm not trying to insult you. I'm just going through the site. You know, what kind of goes through your head when you're kind of stressed out and, and locked in this in a kind of bitter back and forth with someone online? And then there can be this kind of beautiful moment where all of a sudden there's a breakthrough and you find common ground and you start to understand the other person and they start to understand you. And a person that a moment ago was your enemy suddenly becomes a new friend, not to sound corny, but there is something kind of moving about that, that uh, moment. And so I'm, I'm glad we're friendly now, and I want to thank you for subscribing to the channel. So up next, oh no, it's the return of Seagull B. Seagull B is a YouTuber that I had a run-in with before. I had done an episode on circumcision and FGM, and she took issue with a number of things I had said. So in a follow-up episode entitled An Open Letter to a Seagull, I addressed her criticisms. She was under the mistaken impression that during that response video, I had called her a bitch. This came as a jaw-dropping surprise to me because to the best of my recollection, during the several decades I've been on this earth, I don't think I've ever called a woman a bitch. I may sometimes jokingly refer to my male friends as bitches, as in, what's up, bitches, ready to drink? Uh, but no, I don't think I've ever sworn at a woman in anger. Since a heated argument I had with a girlfriend back when I was about 19, something that I still feel bad about. As it turns out, during that episode, there's a part where I utter the phrase, and in that same bit, she says, as in during that same bit of commentary, but I say it kind of quickly and it does kind of sound like I say the word bitch, but no, I didn't call her that. Even though I didn't say it, I apologize because I felt bad that even the idea of me saying it may have caused her some pain. So I thought we were cool. She was the one who actually suggested a truce. And for a while, everything seemed fine. Once in a while, she'd stop in and leave a relatively innocuous comment or comments. She does seem to like to leave them in volleys. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she left a slew of combative comments in response to the most recent video. Which is bizarre, since it's probably one of the tamer and least offensive episodes I've done in a while. It consists of me discussing a clip of Sam Harris offering his thoughts on circumcision, a story about a Scottish Muslim man who was murdered by another Muslim for wishing everyone a happy Easter online, and to close the show, I played a couple of Bill Maher clips. So some of the subject matter may have been a little loaded, but I didn't say anything really offensive or over the top that I can remember. I thought I handled the stories in a pretty even-keeled and respectful manner, but nonetheless, Seagull B came out swinging. I'll read our exchange now. Okay, so first she says, Your attempts to imitate Howard Stern are admirable, but he has other people on his show. <laughs> Then I replied, Howard Stern. Really? Why? Because of my accent? Not much I can do about that other than go back to finishing school. Once in a while, I make the occasional dirty joke. But other than that, I really don't see the comparison. And that really did blow my mind. If she's just saying I sound like Howard because I have a Boston accent, which some might mistake for a New York or a Jersey accent, then I don't know what to say. I was born in the Northeast. Sorry. 
And even when I try to round off my R's, the accent still shows through. But maybe I should cut her some slack because I believe she's from Europe and she might not be all that familiar with different American accents. Who knows? But if she's comparing me to Stern because of the content, then that truly is bizarre. Although I do have an irreverent sense of humor and may engage in the occasional double entendre or whatever, I'm usually fairly respectful, uh, well, not if you're Omar Aziz, but otherwise. And my show focuses on topics involving religion and atheism and sometimes even ancient history, mythology, etc., Stern show focuses on lesbians, midgets, and girls riding Sibians. I'm not really seeing the comparison, once again. And the funny thing is, when I was younger, I had a lot of friends who absolutely loved Howard Stern, and I used to listen to him here and there, too. But I could actually only listen to him in small doses, because even though I have a really irreverent sense of humor, I sometimes felt like Howard was too negative for my liking. I didn't like how he would kind of bring society's throwaways or cast-offs on his show and call them losers, etc. In a way, it kind of reminds me of the Drunken Peasants. I actually really like their show and watch it regularly, but it makes me cringe, uh, even though I know they're only kidding, when TJ will call other people, including their own Patreon supporters that they bring on, uh, pieces of shit or whatever. <laughs> Scotty, you're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit, TJ. Back and forth, back and forth. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny, but but my feeling on it, you know, regarding Howard Stern and people who call other people losers, is that calling someone a loser, etc., is almost tantamount to calling someone the N-word. It's an attempt to instantly strip someone of their humanity and make them feel like something you found on the bottom of your shoe. And yes, I know the N-word has racial implications that words like loser don't spare me the nitpicking. You get my point. The common thread is that they both seek to dehumanize the, their target. So this idea that I'm imitating Howard Stern. It's like something from Bizarro World. It makes zero sense to me. And I'm not trying to paint myself as some saint. I've resorted to ad hominems before, as in the case of Omer Ziz, as I just joked about. I believe I referred to him as a douchebag and a smug little shit. And uh, that's a first in the show. I don't think I've ever called anyone names before that. And I'm up to almost 200 episodes. That's how frustrated I was by his attitude during that interview he did with Sam Harris. In fairness, though, I did also offer a fairly in-depth analysis of why I thought his criticisms of Sam Harris were wrong. And the idea that I would be trying to imitate anyone is insulting in general to me. Uh, since I started this podcast, it's been me behind a mic, being myself, talking about things that I'm passionate about. There are broadcasters I admire, like David Pakman and Dave Rubin, but even then, I'm not trying to imitate them. In full disclosure, though, there is someone I used to want to be like. It was Jim Morrison of The Doors, the thinking man's rock star and a damn fine poet. But eventually, I realized it's better to just try to be yourself, as corny as it may sound. You can never be someone else, but you're already you. Just work on being the you you want to be. There's my fortune cookie wisdom for the day. Next, she says, in that same bit, she says, <laughs> kidding. Uh, but seriously, here's the next part of our exchange. My issue with your videos is that it seems to me a, a big vag. She probably means a bit vag. 
And once again, if you know, if you weren't being hostile, I wouldn't be pointing out your uh, grammar mistakes or your typos. It seems to me a bit, I imagine, vague. What exactly motivates you? Because besides self-promoting, I'm like P.T. Barnum over here. Do you really care about those issues personally? I am missing the personal context except for the circumcision, which frankly, which I frankly find very odd. Why would anyone subject themselves to such a procedure as an adult? Why would you take time to make videos presenting me as a dumb, vicious bird? You seem to to be not coming from good places. Why don't you take time to figure out what really matters to you before you imitate presenters who have millions of viewers and listeners? The imitation is never as good as the original. Yeah, I should uh, drop my podcast and go scale the Himalayas and really think about what's important to me. The thing is, I've already done that, and that's what spurred me to create the podcast in the first place. I did scale the Himalayas, but I've been thinking deeply about many things <laughs> since a very young age. And uh, religion and the big existential questions, believe me, I've done a lot of mulling over regarding those things since I was a kid. And I replied, what motivates me? I'm anti-literal belief in religion and pro-humanism, reason, and rational thought. That's what motivates me. And I was circumcised when I was about 19 or 20. I was mixed up and self-conscious. Try having some compassion. And finally, who the hell am I imitating? I thought we made peace. And actually, you know, I had read this one before I read the previous one where she accuses me of imitating Howard Stern specifically. And this one is just full of doozies. I love that word, doozies. I don't think I use it that often. It's vague what motivates me. Um, I created a show called The Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and whoever. My guess would be that I'm a person with an atheistic worldview trying to reach atheists, agnostics, and trying to be inclusive, hence the whoever. Is that so hard to figure out? The show's not about macrame or dog breeding. It's about religion and atheism. Here's a wild guess. Maybe those are things I'm interested in. Do I really care about those issues personally? Nah, nah. When I decided to do a podcast, I drew a big wheel with all different topics with crayon and I spun an arrow. It was almost the week in holistic medicine. Missed it by a smidgen. And the accusation of self-promotion... I think this is some passive-aggressive jab meant to question my sincerity. I'm one of countless podcasters who launched a show because they had a desire to share their thoughts on what they're passionate about with the public. There's a lot more lucrative ways to make money than being an atheist podcaster. And she's accused me before of doing the show for money, suggesting that I must make my living off of it. And as I've said before, I work full-time doing construction with my family and um, scrounging for freelance design work on the side. I've had this YouTube channel for a few years now, and I haven't even made enough to qualify for a payout. And, that, and you need to earn a uh, hundred bucks in order to be able to cash out. And I make about 20 a month via Patreon, which I'm very thankful for. As I recently announced, we've reached the point where 
The Patreon pledges are now covering the monthly cost of hosting the feed for the show, which is about 19 bucks. So all in all, I've been doing this for a few years, and I've probably made less than 200 bucks altogether. So don't give me this self-promotion shit. If I cared about making money, I'd scrap this podcast and make a YouTube channel dedicated to top 10 lists and celebrity gossip. I'd probably make more in one month than I've made with this show over the last several years. My episodes are sometimes over an hour in length, and I spend less than a minute each episode talking about Patreon and asking for monetary support. And here's a newsflash. Just about everyone with a podcast or on YouTube is engaging in so-called self-promotion in a sense. Most of us are passionate about the subjects we choose to talk about, but would we also like to become successful doing what we love and maybe even be able to quit our day jobs? You betcha, to quote Alaska's former governor. (laughs) And even if you don't monetize your videos, you're still self-promoting in a sense. You're putting your stuff out there for the world to see, hoping someone will see it and like it. Why do you post all those videos of you singing to your dog or reading psychology books to yourself down by the Rhine? My guess is you're hoping someone will come along and watch. Otherwise, you would have left them on your hard drive. And the video in which I depict you as a quote-unquote dumb, vicious bird, your moniker is Seagull B, so I jokingly included images of seagulls flying into people and stealing french fries for comedic effect. It wasn't intended to be hurtful. And my refutations of your criticisms of me were actually pretty tame and good-natured, and I even ended the episode by wishing you peace. And you say I seem to not be coming from a good place. Well, can you blame me? If you insult people and piss all over their content and question their sincerity, you may ruffle some feathers. No pun intended, but not bad. Have you noticed when other viewers challenge my opinion or factually correct me in a civil and good-natured way? I don't get mad at them. I treat them civilly and kindly, and I'm actually thankful for their interaction and their willingness to correct me. Because the last thing I want is to go about unintentionally disseminating factually incorrect information. I actually care about the truth more than I do my own vanity, or so I like to think. What differentiates you from them, Seagull B, is the condescending, passive-aggressive, sometimes slanderous nature of your comments. Talk about not coming from a good place. And then at the end, she accuses me of imitating someone again, presumably Howard Stern. As Crocoduck said, my Howard Stern impersonation is so shitty that Seagull B is the only one who is able to recognize it. So next she says, and this is kind of the piece de resistance, I think it must be difficult for a person who does not have a lot of education and intelligence to say anything interesting about life so it is easier to put others down, which is why the media looks the way it does. And once again, there's someone going after my my intellect or lack thereof in their eyes. And that too, I kind of, and this isn't aimed at electric quellia. Uh, We've already buried the uh, proverbial hatchet. But generally speaking, I think calling someone stupid or questioning their intelligence, it's kind of akin to calling someone a loser. It's kind of um, a nasty way of trying to quickly dehumanize someone and depict them as worthless or something. When people criticize me or go after me, I try to 
factually tackle their accusations or criticisms rather than simply writing the person off as stupid or calling them names. But anyway, so after that, after um, that little beauty, it must be difficult for a person who does not have a lot of education and intelligence to say anything interesting about life. I go on to say, I imagine that Barb was intended for me. I may not sound like the most refined individual with my drowsy Northeast accent, but I think it should be apparent to any fair-minded person that I am not lacking in intellect. And who did I put down? This was a rather tame episode. So if I was ever actually going to call Seagull B the B word, it would probably be now. I'm not sure if she's just trying to be nasty and, and this is her baseline demeanor, or if something's sticking in her craw. Once again, no pun intended. But again, not bad. Maybe she's still pissed about the Seagull video, so she's lashing out. Listen, I know I'm not a genius. Well, technically, last IQ test I took about a decade ago, I was in at least the high average area. Uh, so, <laughs> and that's what sucks. There's no way to defend your intelligence without coming off as pompous or self-congratulatory. But seriously, I may have a Boston accent. I may not have a master's degree. I do have a graphic design degree. That's some education, right? But I think, I hope that it's evident that I'm a fairly intelligent human being. Seagull B always acts like the victim, always complains about how others treat her. Now it's my turn to point the finger back at you. What kind of person goes around questioning other people's intelligence or their sincerity? I made a video that you found insulting because it contained comical depictions of your favorite seafaring bird. Boo-hoo. Don't you take any responsibility for coming to my channel and peppering my comments section with accusations and unfounded criticisms? That's what sparked this whole thing. And I don't have anything interesting to say about life. Every week I tackle the big questions and offer my philosophical take on things. Like, is there or isn't there a god in afterlife? I tackle current events, etc., etc. My apologies if I appear to be patting myself on the back, but I just find these comments and accusations outrageous and I feel a need to defend myself. And then she starts to change her tune a little. I think you definitely helped me sort out my thoughts, but I still think you're a pretty lousy human being to have made that stupid seagull video. And I replied, I would assume that you're kidding, but based on your comments below, it seems you've decided to end our truce. What did I do to offend you this time? And please remember, the quote-unquote seagull video was in response to your barbed criticisms. If I recall, my response was rather measured. If you don't want people to make public videos about you, then don't criticize people publicly on a video platform, i.e. YouTube. If you think I'm not going to respond to the spurious insults and characterizations below, then think again. But perhaps that's exactly what you want. But fear not, I'll nevertheless be kinder to you than you were to me in the comments below. And I actually gave that comment of hers a thumbs up at first because I was just relieved that she was actually starting to take a civil tone. But the more I th thought about it, <laughs> the more upset I became again. And the first time I made a response video to Seagull B., she said something, and I'm paraphrasing, to the effect that she found all the attention flattering. And I just want to say, don't flatter yourself. If anyone comes to my channel and insults me or makes outrageous allegations or mischaracterizations, I'm going to 
address them. There's an argument to be made that I probably shouldn't, but I will. But then she replies to, to my last comment. I guess the bitterness came to surface. All in all, I think you should mix more visual aids and music since it is a one-man show. You are doing a good job since you are exposing good topics, so I am adding this comment to balance the bitterness that came to the surface from my subconscious, and you seem to sometimes be speaking from a similar place, but thumbs up for the turning the other cheek. It is definitely a higher place, and will always have, and she probably meant will always have Somerville, where I had lived too. So to her credit, a somewhat friendlier tone there. And the Somerville joke stems from her response to a video I made in which I mentioned I was currently working at a job site in Somerville, Mass. And she said she used to live there and asked if there was still a little Jewish bakery. I was surprised and mentioned I used to live there too. It was the first place I lived after I left home. In retrospect, I have no idea if she actually lived in Somerville or if she's just pulling my leg. She seems based in Europe, so what are the chances she lived in Somerville unless she was attending a nearby university like Tufts or something like that? And after reading how her tone changed, I feel kind of bad for my earlier rant. But that brings me to my final point. As I said, I really do welcome discussion and interaction on my YouTube channel. I even welcome constructive criticism. And please, if you think I'm factually wrong about something, don't be afraid to correct me. I will literally thank you for it. But if people are going to insult me, hurl baseless accusations without at least offering some kind of cogent or substantive criticism, I will eventually block you. And I feel like a heel saying that because I really value freedom of speech and the free exchange of ideas. But if all you bring to the table are insults and mischaracterizations, then I have no use for you. And all you're doing is gumming up the works and getting in the way of people who actually have something substantive to say about the topics being discussed. I might give you a pass or two, but after that, you're done. So far, I've only had to ban one person. I made a video that was critical of Ben Carson, never mentioned race once during the whole episode. All I did was take on his crazy religious claims and shed some light on some of his questionable business associations. And someone in response started leaving the three letters KKK on several of my videos. They're gone now. If he had good-naturedly attempted to refute my claims about Ben Carson, he'd still be free to engage me but he chose to dissent to accusations of racism and childish smear tactics when race was never even mentioned. So he's gone. And this will be my last Seagull B video. I'm not sure if you're trolling or not, but if you are, as the kids say, don't feed the trolls. Feel free to unsubscribe Seagull B or feel free to stick around. But if my intelligence or sincerity is questioned again, you're gone.